This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Hello, welcome once again to your program, The Heart of the Church. We are so glad to have you in the studio, and so we have our friends also here. Gloria Osebafo. Franco Pukuboy. My name is Emmanuel Laie. You are welcome so much. Together with you as we study God's Word. Today we'll be looking at the Bible and culture. And uh, as we usually do, before we delve into our study, I'll ask Frank to pray with us. We are praying. Our God and King, we thank you so much that you have given us this privilege of study. We ask that you be within us and grant us understanding of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Bible and culture. And I think the central point here is that our cultures can affect the way we interpret and even understand the Bible. Frank, can you give us a background to that? Yeah, in our previous studies, we understood how culture, how backgrounds, experiences, and so forth help us understand the scripture. And here, we are looking at it again. We have already said that we cannot approach the Bible with an empty mind. And so, culture plays an important role. We are told that in the Near East, there was this culture that people are held responsible for actions which they did not commit, but rather, they helped the action to take place. So then, even though you are not responsible, you did not directly take part in the action. Because you allowed it to happen, you are held responsible. So this helps them to also understand that then there are certain things that God does, even though God does not do them directly. And so this is culture. And it is helping us to also understand how God relates to mankind. For instance, our salvation. Yes, God grants us salvation. But it is done through we accepting Jesus Christ and what he, that he has done for us. So that is a bit of culture on how we interpret the scripture. So culture does play a very important role in the way we understand um, scripture. And I think you agree with that, uh, uh, Auntie Gloria, give us some insight into that. Culture is our way of life, and if you need to, for you to understand something better, it has to be brought to within your context, where you are very familiar with. That is why, even with Christ, most most of Christ would deliver his messages to us through the use of parables, the things that we are familiar with. Then he would use that to relate whatever truth he would want us to have. The same thing applies to culture. Before the word of God, I would say, would be quite abstract if we do not situate it within our various cultures. So even if you need to even take the word of God to someone, as we have the example with Paul, in Acts uh, seventeen sixteen to thirty two, in that Greek town, he made sure that he approached. He used. He sent the word of God to them by approaching them through their culture. They had several gods, and then they had a monument with it, the inscription to an unknown god. Right. And then to, he used what they believed in to get the word of God to them. So he would say that when I go to Rome, I do as the Romans do, and if you 
you you situate the word of God within cultures. But there's a caveat here. It doesn't mean that we would in any way um, tore down on the truth, uh-huh. the very truth that the word of God teaches. But I believe that every culture, within each culture, there is something that you can find in there where you can situate the word of God. Let me give this classic example with the Ashanti culture. Uh, if you'd want to talk about the modesty in Christian dressing, um, I, for one, I would want to use the example of culturally how these queens dress without the use of um, jewelry and all that to depict royalty. If you would want to show that, yes, from the biblical his, uh, historical point of view, royals or s but rather it was designated for to um, differentiate between, sorry for the word, slaves and then the S, then you use this. If I am using that with an Akan, I will use that example. That is situated within the person's culture because because it is part of the person's culture, the person accepts that already. So if you build based on that, it is uh, acceptable and it makes understanding very, very easy rather than using other cultures. Yeah. Interesting parallels there that she has given. I don't know. You know, looking at somebody's culture from that you can re- really preach Christ to the person in a particular angle. What do you think, uh, Frank? Yeah, that is very true. It's very, very true. But one thing we also have to understand is that, yes, looking at it from that angle, different cultures. But we have to also understand that, yet we have different cultures. We all have a central team. And that is the bond we have with Christ. So irrespective of the kind of culture within which you want to situate the message, you should situate it and also relate to the bond we have with Christ. Otherwise, we may lose sight of certain things. Then another important thing is that culture is dynamic, diverse. But then we should understand that the culture that existed in the past may not be the same culture today. Yet the truths that were relevant in that culture is the same truth which is relevant to us today. And so while we situate the, tr- uh, the, the word in respect of cultures, we should also be mindful that we are preaching the same truth because that is what God intended. The truth is for everybody, but then culturally dynamic. Culturally dynamic, you say, and that is really interesting. Our cherished friend, what he wants you to understand here is that your culture should not stop you from understanding God's word or knowing the truth about God. Interestingly, we have these examples because of our time, but I would have just mentioned that, uh, you know, the account culture you mentioned, they also have something about names. You are given the name of the day you were born and the uh, Kofianan of uh, blessed memory because of how his nature was. All Ghanaians wanted to be called Kofi wherever they they go. Oh, I'm Kofi, that kind of thing. And the culture was just there. I'm even trying to see if one day we can look at why they call Nyame Kwame Nyame. And then we have Kweku Bonsam and all those ones. <laughs> and this looks like a question, a straightforward question. Why interpretation is important? I mean, with all the understanding we have of Bible, why do we want to make sure we have interpreted it rightly and why it's so important? Frank, start us start on that. Why is interpretation important? Yes. 
bringing it down, 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 down. Mm-hmm. It's more or less like communication. Okay. You communicate, I don't understand. You have not communicated. So in the same way, for us to understand the scripture, our rule in salvation, it is important that we have the correct interpretation of the scripture. If you do not have the correct interpretation, we may distort or we may get a distortion of what we need to do. But if you have it right, we will be on course. For instance, the lesson tells us that without a correct interpretation of the Bible, there can be no unity of doctrine and teaching. There can be no unity of doctrine and teaching. You understand? So if we do not have good interpretation that will affect our understanding and even how we teach and pass on the word of God from one generation to another. We need a clear understanding, but that comes from interpretation. Uh, Gloria, please throw more light on that for us. Mm. If, if we do not interpret the Bible well, as he has already said, we wouldn't, there will be errors, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have that unity in terms of our doctrines, theological standpoints, and that actually uh, explains why we have a lot of denominations, sects, mm-hmm. groups, but all have their teachings based on the same Bible. We have all these coming up because there's what? Maybe diversity in interpretation or wrong interpretation. So, in as much as we have the word, interpretation is key else wouldn't have that unity of doctrine to go by and then as individuals uh, whatever we know about God's words that we should live by is based on what we understand or how scripture is interpreted and we are told that it even has direct impact on our salvation else it wouldn't matter if we understand scripture or not what if the word of God says that um, thou shalt not steal and I take the stealing to mean something either than what the scripture says. I might be going against the word of God because I have not interpreted the word of God clearly, very well, which at the end of the day would impact on my salvation as an individual. So sometimes I have issues with people of late, you see that we are into much more of religious fanatism, sensationalism, and spiritualism so much so that to the neglect of the study of the word, you might be doing all that and you might not be doing God's will. And his will is only uh, known through his word. And the same word that we all go by, we are all doing different things because there's what's wrong interpretation, which would affect our salvation in the long run. Interesting. So, there is a need to have the correct interpretation because it's also good for the health of the entire church of God. Is that also Frank? Now let's let's take something from Second Peter chapter three verse sixteen, and the Bible reads, "As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest." rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction so like that parable of the uh, the rich fool like let me use that one the rich fool 
who said, My soul, eat and the rest. Because he did not understand what it means or, or the implication of the afterlife over here, he was thinking that it was just um, making Mary dying and that's all. But there is more to that, and that is the essence of interpretation. So if you do not get the right interpretation, it will go against you. Interesting, because um, I wish we had some time. We would have looked at a simple message, the three angels message, for example, and how this end time generation looks at. Maybe you can summarize it quickly for us, and let us have the interpretation we're supposed to, because I think it's for mission, and that is what we Christians stand for. What about the three angels message? Something briefly that will make us understand what it's supposed to be. The three angels message, message basically is calling our attention to the fact that there is a God who created the universe and he is the one who needs to be worshipped and he has his way of worship which we need to follow. Basically, that's, that's what you can say to it. And uh, some people have a bit misinterpreted this so that it's not being being used as it should but as I said we don't have so much time to delve into that but uh, I'm so thankful to you you came to the studio to help us understand God's word and our listener out there thank you so much for listening we'll be coming your way tomorrow Friday with a summary of all that we have done but then before we sign out of the studio I ask Gloria to pray with us shall we pray Father we thank you for yet another study help us interpret your words according to your will in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as I've said, tomorrow, Friday, we'll come your way again with an interesting study, this time recapping on all that we have done to make you understand what we have done so far. Until we meet you tomorrow, our cherished friend, stay blessed. Is that footsteps that I hear? Is that footsteps?
Dear friend, we would like to receive your feedback, so call us on the number plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. We have another segment for you, and that is Present Truth. Beloved, I come to you once again with the word of God. The word of God that will never pass away. The undiluted word of God. Yes, today, I want to talk to you about Jesus, the risen Savior, the hope of this fallen world. Once Jesus had gone to bless children, and he was going his way, and a young rich ruler, a young man, ran after him, chased him up, and asked him a very important question, which is also very important to you and I. Turn with me to Matthew 19, verse 16 to 22. Let's listen to the word of God. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest me thou good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt ever into life, keep the commandment. He said unto him, Which Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth, what lacks I? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. This is what happened between Jesus and the young rich ruler. I want to tell you, he was a rich man whose wealth and riches knew no bounds. He was wealthy in worldly riches. But he came to Jesus with an important question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Beloved, I want to tell you, if there is anything that we want to do to get eternal life, let us endeavor. Let us work around the clock so that eternal life will be ours. I am interested in the question that Jesus gave him the rudiments of the game. He gave him what he ought to do in connection with eternal life. But a young man realized that eternal life is very expensive. He cannot forsake the world. He was a man of authority. 
He was a man of riches. He was a man of position. How can he go and sell all that he has and give to the poor and come and follow Jesus and become a poor man? Only to be hoping in riches in heaven that he had not seen. How could he do that? The Bible says he sorrowfully left Jesus. He could not do what Jesus told him. He left because he cherished the world. The Bible says, Love not the world, nor the things of this world. For all the things in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, they do not come from the Father, but of the devil. All the things of this world will pass away. But he that does the will of my Father will live forever. Beloved, are you betting your hopes in this world? This world of cancer, this world of diabetes, this world of coronavirus. I call on you today as a pastor to forsake this world, to sell all the things of this world and come and seek Jesus. I want to ask you, Jesus told the young man, one thing thou lackest. You lack one thing. What do you lack at this moment of your life? Do you lack the Holy Spirit? Do you love, lack the love of God and love for fellow men? Do you lack patience? Do you lack the fruits of the Spirit? If you lack all these things, then you are missing the mark. Then you are not likely to make heaven. Yes, it is my prayer that you forsake anger. You forsake hatred. You forsake barbarity. And then you you buy the peace of God. You buy the goodness of God. You buy patience. You, 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 you will develop the fruits of the Spirit. You acknowledge Jesus in your life. What is it that you treasure so much that you cannot forsake? The young man has had his heart rooted in worldliness. He could not forsake the world for treasures which had been laid up for him in heaven. What do you lack in your life? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus and his gospel? Do you know that he came so that sinners will get life everlasting? Do you know that he came that those who do not know him will come out of darkness and enter into his life? Jesus is calling on you and I. What are you lacking? One thing that thou, thou lackest. That is the topic for today. Please, be sufficient in the Lord. Forsake the world. I am talking to young men. Forsake adultery. Forsake tramadol. Forsake gay. Forsake lesbianism. Forsake hatred. If you are lacking anything, one last step and Jesus will give you salvation. One last step and Jesus will give you eternal life. One last step and Jesus will be your Lord again. And you reconcile with him. In the bosom of Jesus is absolute peace. It's love. It's kindness. It's peace. Everlasting. I want to tell you. Accept Jesus today. Forsake the world. Do not be like that young man. Accept Jesus as your personal savior. If you are lacking anything. If you are lacking anything in spiritual matters. I am praying. It is my prayer. That the Lord will replenish you. That he will reveal himself unto you. And that you know him. And know him well. Jesus is coming again. It is about time. 
that you forsake all your worldliness. It is about time that you forsook all your sins for the cleansing and the remission that comes from Jesus Christ. Be thou holy, for thy Father in heaven is holy. Stay in God's word and be blessed. Thank you for listening to me. In Jesus' name, shall we pray. Dear Lord, I bless your name. I thank you for a wonderful provision such as this. If we are lacking in it, O oh Lord, help us so that we will seek your face, so that we will do away with worldliness and come unto you for salvation in Jesus Christ. Thank you for staying with me. My name is Pastor Felix Mafutabi. I shall come your way some other time with the word of God. Be revived and stay blessed. In Jesus' name, Amen. We would like to hear from you, so call us on the number plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. A-W-R Ghana. Voice of hope. Voice of hope.